Welcome to the Ready Eddy Podcast, where we tell the story of startups in the outdoor sport industry through the voice of their founders. What is going on, Ready Eddy Podcast listeners? Josh Savo here, your host, and on today's episode, I'm sitting down with Kirk Reynolds, the founder of Discover Outdoors, which he started in 2004, which runs local uh, trips guided out of New York City uh, to all over the world from doing some climbing in the gunks to uh, multi-day trips in the backcountry to summiting Mount Washington. And they even do some trips uh, out in Cal- in Cal- whoa, out west and all over the world, including Kilimanjaro and in the British Columbia area. So with that, Kirk, I want to thank you for taking the time to uh, chat with me. Josh, thanks so much. Uh, it's a real pleasure to be here. Yeah, so right off the bat, for the listener that might not be familiar with Discover Outdoors, what do you guys do and how is it different than um, other adventure companies out there? Uh, sure. Um, so we focus on building a community of outdoor enthusiasts um, in New York City. So we're based in the city, and which is actually an amazing place to start an outdoor company because you have millions of landlocked people that desperately need access to nature. So we build our tribe there. Uh, we get people together that some have never been on outdoor trips. Some may be experienced outdoors people. Um, but we give them access. We provide transportation, the gear, the guides, everything that we'd need for an amazing day trip, multi-day trip, international trip. And what makes us different is you know, we feel that having regular access to the outdoors is essential to a healthy lifestyle, uh, especially in an intensely urban environment like New York. Um, so that's our differentiator. We build our community and we get people outdoors as much as possible. I love New York City, but I love it even more when I leave it and then come back to it. So, <laughs> yeah, um, that that's that's in a quick nutshell. I think, you know, what we've seen along the way is we get really inspired by our community members, and you know, when we see them being empowered, when we see them like reaching new summits and learning things that they didn't think they could possibly do, and then they go back their work and they do great things because they feel confident and they feel amazing about themselves they feel creative um, or they you know improve their relationships they improve their health like that's that's the good stuff that's why we do what we do yeah no that's awesome so who how did you come up with the idea of starting a travel company based out of new york <laughs> So, it, it, I mean, to me, it's obvious because um, the first thing I did when I moved to New York from Missouri is I took my bike across the George Washington Bridge um, and just bike north. Um, and you can do that, uh, except I failed to see that there's a bike lane on the George Washington Bridge. And I rode <laughs> right across a mile long bridge in traffic. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> and immediately got pulled over by a, a New Jersey cop on the other side who. Uh, saw my Missouri driver's license and knew that I was just uh, a Midwest <laughs> idiot. And, um, so he scolded me and let me go on. But uh, yeah, from there, I, I discovered Harriman State Park, which is gorgeous, 40,000 acres of rolling small mountains. The gunks, as you mentioned, some of the best rock climbing in North America is just an hour and 45 minutes north of the city. Uh, the Catskills blew my mind. Like They're starting to get to be legitimate mountains up there. Um, and then you keep going to the Adirondacks, and it's just, it's stunning. So 
showing these places to people that live in New York. I mean, it's like, it's tingling. Like you go up there and you, you feel something completely different and that's what we need. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. Like anyone who ever asked me like, so where are you based with Red Yeti? You're like New York city. They're like, wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, no, there's surprisingly a lot. Like you can get outside really easily from here, even though I know everyone, like there's just sort of like that urban jungle that comes along with it. You're just like, you're just stuck in a city all the time. Well, you know, you, you, you can see the, um, you can see the development in the community by some of the climbing gyms in the city. Uh, you probably know as well as anybody that yeah. it's, blowing, it's blowing up. Brooklyn Boulders and the Cliffs and Manhattan Plaza, um, Chelsea Piers, um, all these guys are just going crazy and people love climbing. And there, there's, and maybe it's just a new generation of people moving into the city. I don't know, but you can feel a change in New York. And, you know, one of these years I want, New York City to be on like outside magazines, my best place to live if you love the outdoors. And I, I think that would be amazing because it is a great place to live and you can do some amazing things, outdoor things right from the city. Oh man, I couldn't agree more. For me, it's it was always the, the food, the culture that really kept me here. But um, like you're saying, with the access to the outdoors, that's another like I, I wouldn't be able to survive in the city if I couldn't do all of those things. Right. You know, like yeah. I, I've been living here for four years and I still average 40 to 50 days on the snow a season, which. Oh, wow. Which I, I like anyone's just like, wait, how the hell do you do that? <laughs> Congrats, man. That, you're living the right life. Yeah, exactly. Well, one of the keys is having a car in the city, which uh, is another like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, but that's cool. So what what kind of trips like we I mentioned a few of the types of trips um in the intro that you guys run, but for the listener that may have never heard of you, what 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 kind of trips are you guys offering? Yeah, so we love hiking, we love rock climbing, um you know, springs around right the corner, so we'll start getting the water with kayaking trips and whitewater rafting, canoeing trips. We'll go horseback riding. Um but I would say Part of the secret to our success is being creative in what we do Um, because there are a lot of guide companies that can take you kayaking and teach you great kayaking skills, and they're awesome. I love these guys. Um, But what we like to do is introduce our members not just to the sport of what what we're doing, but to kind of the local economy of upstate New York or in New Jersey. So um, after a hard day of hiking, we'll, we'll go visit a brewery afterwards. And, and, you know, that feels awesome. Have a nice cold beer on a summer day. Um, but it's a cool way just to introduce them, not just to the natural environment, but like there's some great businesses up there and, and great things that are happening. Um, you know, some of the orchards, um, best orchards in the country are in the Hudson Valley. Um, and so visiting these places in combination with doing a really cool outdoor activity, um, you know, we love doing that too. Yeah, of course. Um, so what is, what is your background in outdoors? Like uh, you're from Missouri originally. Did you do a lot of hiking and camping growing up? My, um, outdoor upbringing was probably a little less typical or traditional than, um, some of the other outdoor leaders in the industry. Um, I didn't go to an outward bound, um, on an expedition or Knowles expedition, but I did spend a tremendous amount of time in the outdoors growing up. My dad and I would 
uh, hunt and fish and uh, do a lot of just chopping wood and um, basic Midwest kind of things where, you know, we didn't have mountains, but we had fields and we had streams. Um, and we took longer trips. We were the Griswolds, basically. Like, we got in the car and just drove as far as we could. And we uh, climbed, my, my first 14 year was when I was five years old. We climbed uh, Long's Peak in Colorado. Um, and so we did some great trips like that and got to see different parts of the country, which um, is still, I, I can remember the feeling of it. It's just um, probably changed me more than I realize. Yeah, I totally get that. So what what made you move to the to New York City? I had an itch uh, for something more. Um, I was living in Kansas City, Missouri, and um, I had an opportunity with IBM, of all places, uh, to come out here. And, um, and so I took it. They moved me out here. It was an amazing job, amazing professional development opportunity. Um, they were really good to me, and I got to see different aspects of the business and learn about business and learn about people and relationships and, and really understanding what people want. Um, and that was kind of my job as a, kind of a client services person. Um, and, and so that's what brought me here. And of course I was in love with the city and all the excitement that comes with that. Um, but quickly after moving here, that's when the whole discover outdoors thing kind of started coming into focus. Um, it started as a part-time um, project, and I kept it uh, part-time probably longer than I should have, just out of sheer fear of, of failing, <laughs> started, starting a business, especially in the outdoor business, outdoor industry. Um, it's tough, and um, this, was, this was no different. And so I was sneaking off to conference rooms, making calls, setting up <laughs> trips, and you know, you know, calling insurance vendors, calling website contractors and, you know, learning how to start a business. Um, and that's what I went to school for. So I naturally had a love for business. And I know that sounds weird to have a love for business, but, um, I think business is a really an amazing thing. You know, businesses are created to help people to make the world better and sure to turn a profit, but, uh, you can't turn a profit without serving people. And that's, that's what we do. And, um, so there's something about business that I just love and I love the outdoors. So it was an, just a natural combination of things for me. That's so interesting. So from the very beginning, when you started in 2004, how did you, what, like, what kind of trips did you start with and how did that develop into, the wide variety of trips that you guys offer now and how did you make sure that the quality of them the experience that people got when going on them was as high as they are yeah um i think part of the benefit that we have in our business model of offering both the really quick day trips and along with the multi-week expeditions is we get to try things on a very small scale we get to try the day trips and see if they work and try out some really crazy ideas. Um, and we've had over 300 different unique trip um, trips that we've offered. Um, and some of them we get pretty zany with. Like there is a <laughs> there is a, uh, a kind of a hippie farm uh, near New Paltz, New York. Um, and, you know, New Paltz, um, a lot of hippies live up there. Yeah. But they had a trapeze set up. 
And so we're like, well, let's go take people rock climbing and then we'll take them for half a day. And then we'll take the other half a day and we'll go trapezing, teach them how to trapeze. And it was this kind of culture and, and mood of just like being as creative as we can. Um, because part of what our job is, is just to inspire people to go outside. And when, when it's just like a surface level, let's go hiking or let's go climbing. That's exciting to some people, maybe people who like grew up doing those activities. So they know from their personal experience, like, yes, that's awesome. I want to do that. But for everyone else, like you, you got to, you got to hook them with something else and you got to think like, well, that's so absurd that I want to try it. Um, so we, we do, we, we test a lot of different kind of trip ideas. Most of them kind of flop. Um, but, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, a lot of them do work too. And, and so we stick with those and, um, and that also is not just good testing ground for the kinds of trips that we offer, but it's good training ground for our guides. So our guides have also have an advantage over some other, um, like major companies in that they get a lot of experience. They get a lot of reps out there. They're taking people out, hundreds of people per guide and maybe even thousands on different trips. And so they get to develop their voice as an outdoor leader. They get to learn about flora and fauna and practice talking about it and making it interesting and exciting so people want to learn. And then that tees them up to be an incredible guide when they're leading in a Mount Everest base camp expedition. Um, because they have practiced. They've been out hundreds of times. Um, as opposed to maybe some other guys in the industry that get to go out 10 times a year. Um, so it's through repetition. It's a lot of small trip practice that we do. That's so interesting. So how do you how do you find these guides and develop them to run these trips? It's uh, kind of like we talked about. It's a big outdoor community in New York City. Um, we get applications. Um, I can't tell you how many applications we get a year, hundreds. Oh, wow. Um, yeah, so it's a, a real um, benefit, and it's an amazing resource the city provides. It's, you know, out of 13 million people, there's going to be a few crazy guys <laughs> out there. <laughs> That's for sure. That's really cool. So yeah. what's something unique about you or out out uh, discover outdoors that isn't so apparent to um someone going on discover outdoors or hearing about you what, what would you say something that is a little less known um i think the you know there's a powerful thing that happens on an outdoor trip that we don't overtly talk about but we nudge it along through our conversations with clients and that is transformation. And so when you go skiing and you go 50 times a year, but probably every time you go skiing, there's a transformation happening. You feel great about yourself. You learn a new skill. You are inspired by just the grandness of the outdoors. Right. And you give that to somebody for the first time and it's, it's incredible. And, and so it's a delicate thing that we deal with because we don't want to be overt about it. We don't want to shove it down people's face like, hey, this is going to be transformational and you're going to be a different person at the end of this hike. And we can't be that way. But we know it's there and we know that it's happening. So we kind of guide the conversation so 
it happens a little more easily. And that's kind of what's happening underneath uh, the cover, so to speak, um, that people don't realize. Is they don't realize that our guides are are aware of this and they're encouraging it and they're curious what is happening in the lives of our clients. That's really interesting. So you guys offer a wide variety of trips. Um, what, what is the sort of a- average experience? Would you, I guess not average experience, but um, is it usually 10 or so people on a trip or what, what would you say is sort of the um, experience like for someone going on a trip? Sure. Um, the number of people, yeah, you, you pegged it. It's about 10 people per trip. Um, some are a little bit more, some are a little bit less, um, you know, depending on what kind of trip it is. Um, the experience, uh, hopefully the clients find it completely just easy. And we, we think about our clients literally just like rolling out of the bed on, on a Saturday morning and like, grabbing a sandwich and and they're off for the day hopefully that's all they really got to think about like they you know of course they bring their backpack but (laughs) um yeah we try to make it completely easy and and be there for them you know this is their weekend uh, for the most part it's weekend trips this is what it's a very special valuable day for them and we are honored that they spend that time with us and um so, yeah, we, we try to make sure that everything is taken care of, that they have a very successful day and they come back just excited and pumped and ready to go out again. No, without a doubt. So for the trips that leave out of New York, where do you guys meet and what what is that sort of – what time do you guys normally meet? Yeah, okay. Um, so we have two different departure locations within New York. So Union Square for the downtown and Brooklyn, Queens folks, and then the Upper West Side. Um, in Manhattan. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, some trips leave as early as four in the morning, um, and then some trips as late as ten or eleven in the morning. For the four in the morning one, it's uh, you know we offer this crazy one. It's uh, the Devil's Path Marathon. Uh, you might be familiar with it. Sure. Um, it's not quite a marathon, but it's close. Um, but just grueling. Uh, I forgot how many thousands and thousands of el- uh, feet of elevation change it is but it's absolutely <laughs> grueling um so that's a, a 4 a.m to sometimes 4 a.m on the backside trip um but most trips are like eight in the morning nine in the morning um uh, and then back by back by dinner that's awesome so throughout this entire journey did you have any mentors that sort of helped you figure out a to how to start a business and b how to deal with the logistics of building sort of a travel company yeah um well the travel company is a very friendly industry um i would not consider it as hyper competitive so i've i've reached out to people all over the world uh, to get advice and they've been very generous and helpful and excited that someone else is doing it too um i have had one mentor mentor along the way that i would consider one of the most significant people in my life um he started out as a mentor 13 14 years ago um and he's been there for me every monday we talk and uh, been doing that every week for over a decade. That's and awesome. Just amazing person, and not only uh, a good business mentor, but someone that has 
kept me thinking about, am I running a business with integrity? Uh, what else can I do for a client that, that they find it amazing? What else can I do for our employees, our guides, to, to make their job better and to make sure that they're the best that they can be? And he's just challenged me in a number of different ways that I probably wouldn't have gotten to, but on my own. Um, so if I can give advice to anybody listening that, you know, it's, it's ridiculous to think that we can do anything on our own, um, or, or reach the heights that we're capable of on our own. And, um, yeah, I've been very fortunate to have a very good mentor there. How did you develop this relationship? Was it just someone you knew or, uh, it was, uh, he was a friend of a friend and, uh, I had lunch with him one day and, you know, I was spitballing some different business ideas. This is right after I got my MBA, and I was just thinking, like, I got to start a business. And um, and he saw this mid twenty something guy that was just kind of a lost soul, and you know, you needed a little guidance in life. And uh, and he's like, well, what, what's, what do you say we talk next Monday, and we'll continue the conversation. And that led to the following Monday, and then the following Monday, and then. Yeah, several years later, we're still talking. <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. So you mentioned this a little bit, but uh, I wanted to um, ask how you do this specifically with a business like Discover Outdoors. But um, what is your commitment to sort of sustainability? I know you guys have a a, a um, interest in Leave No Trace, but how do you sort of cultivate that and promote that in a, a business like yours? Absolutely. So sustainability is, it's a very broad word. It is, um, yeah. So sustainability in the travel industry, like you can think about like going to third world countries and, and going to Costa Rica and making sure you're dealing with vendors and partners that are you know, taking care of the areas that we hike uh, and whatnot. Um, we are more, we, we go to those des- destinations too. To and, and we're so we're very keen on um, making sure that you know wherever we go, we're investing not only in the natural environment um, that we get to enjoy, but also the economy. Um, and so the economy means make sure the local guides that we use are paid um, very very well um, and, and they're treated fairly. Um, on a local level. Um, you know, that's, that's part of what we're doing um, when we go out on trips. We're not just hiking, but we want to make sure that the local economy is supported. And that's when we go to see farm stands and breweries and distilleries and, and, um, and just learn about the local area. And hopefully our clients are going back on their own and investing in them. Uh, environmental state, uh, sustainability, um, you know, that's, that's something that we have to be very aware of as well, considering the volume of people that we take out. Um, we have the potential of devastating, a uh, very natural, beautiful, pristine environment. Um, so, you know, all of our guides are trained in leave no trace. Um, we are, um, also trained in delivering that speech. And so <laughs> our clients are, are, are aware of their impact when we go on a, even on a simple hike, um, how to behave in, in the area and make sure that, you know, wherever we go, it's better because we were there. We pick up trash, you know, we stay on the trail. We're not you know, impacting areas that, uh, we're not supposed to be on. Um, and then 
a third category of sustainability, and sorry for a long-winded answer no, here, no, but good. Uh, I think it's really an important topic, um, is education. And so sustainability comes in educating our youth and getting them excited about the outdoors and making sure that they understand that there's a responsibility that they have and that they fall in love with the outdoors. They fall in love with climbing mountains and rock climbing and hiking. But it's only there because we all chip in. We all take care of this environment. Uh, and that's that's really the biggest piece of, of our sustainability um, concept is that we are educating our kids through our youth program and through our foundation uh, to make sure that they understand that there is this big, beautiful environment out there and that there's these great national parks and state parks. Because um, these kids are going to go up, grow up and they're going to be voters and they're going to impact legislation. And if they don't have access to the outdoors, they don't have a reason to protect the outdoors, yeah, I, I think we are very much in big trouble and we're going to find ourselves in a position where there are few people that really understand what is needed to take care of the outdoors. I think you bring up so many good points and the main one really being education, which I could not agree with more. Um, just even getting outside in general, like you're saying, it, it just it helps you appreciate what nature is and how we impact it and um it goes a long way it definitely goes a long way yeah absolutely so what would you say we, we talked about this a little bit offline so you've got you've got three people that you that are full-time with you sort of administrative and then you've got about 40 guides that are part-time that um partake and run all of the trips that you guys offer so and you're based out of new york how, what is the culture like inside of discover outdoors on a daily basis how do you guys function um you know on a daily basis yeah uh great question um so our culture is um you know i think i i, I read about other um, business owners and founders and how they focus on the culture first and built that um i i I didn't take that approach just because I didn't know to take that approach <laughs> as a 20 something, uh, starting a company. Um, but it evolved into something really beautiful that I'm incredibly proud and happy to be a part of. Our culture is very much of, uh, we're here to serve. Um, and there's this community of people that can be excited about the outdoors and we are here to get them there and make sure that they have an amazing time um, because if we do our jobs then the ripples from that are tremendous they go out and like we just talked about sustainability and education they're going to invest in, in projects for the environment they're going to invest in companies that protect the environment um, they're going to invest in projects that 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 help kids coming up and getting them outdoors. And so our culture is very humble. Um, you know, we, we talk about especially certain trips like Mount Kilimanjaro, um, our guide, you know, you know we, we kind of repeat this as our mantra. It's not our trip. Um, our guide is pumped to get to the top of that mountain. But if we need to stay back and help a client, you know, that's okay. That's actually great. I mean, we're there to serve. Um, so while we are excited 
about the outdoors and we're very passionate about it. We, we, are, we love to play uh, and be out there. But when we're on and it's our job, you know, it's, it's not about us at all. And uh, so that's really important to recognize when we're hiring people. We've had some incredible resumes come across our desk, and um, you know, one time I can remember we had a an emergency room physician who had ten thousand kayaking hours in in a leadership role, and you're like, whoa, this guy is medically top notch, uh, tons of experience. Interviewed him, and it was just, it was all about him. Yeah, and it was just the most revolting thing I could possibly think of if my clients interacting with him and the trip is going to be all about him. And that is a complete failure if we, if we had done, gone down that road. So yeah, that's our, our culture is it's a, it's of service and uh, humility. No, that's, that's awesome. So what is, do you, do you guide a lot of the trips or what would you, what is your role with discover outdoors today? Yeah, and how has I, it evolved? Um, I have definitely, I, I started guiding the raising of a son. <laughs> um, uh, so that, that's kind of been my, my focus on, on the weekends more than, uh, what it used to be. Um, I still get out, um, guiding a, a Mount Washington winter summit trip in a couple weekends. Really pumped about that. We got a great group of people that is, is, it's going to be amazing. So I still get to scratch that itch. I still get to connect uh, with our community, uh, which is incredibly important for me. Uh, I hope I, I never lose touch with them. That's awesome. Um, how old's your kid now? He's one year and five months. Oh, man. And we have one on the way, so um, I'll be hunkering down for a while. <laughs> <laughs> Not sleeping is uh, the MO. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's awesome. Um, so... What would you say has been the hardest part about starting Discover Outdoors? Uh, I, I think it's probably the same answer most business owners would, would give you, that there are just some dark moments. Um, like I, I, I didn't really know the fundamentals of, of, of launching a business, and, um, and I wasn't always very good at reaching out for help. So in the early days, like we, we would run trips half full, which translates to you lose money running a trip. Right. And we did that a lot. And it just like, it took a while to figure out how to maximize the trips, how to, you know, you want to keep the prices down as much as possible and make it affordable to the clients. Um, but just high enough where, um, you know, you if you, you can have nine people or 10 people on trip and be okay, it doesn't have to be maxed out at 12 or 13. So yeah, there, that, there were some tough lessons there. And, and for me, it's so, it's such a personal thing, this business at discover outdoors is my life. And I, I look at it as myself. It's one of the same. So if it fails, I have a hard time not feeling like a failure. Right. And, um, which that, that's a tough thing to, to learn and to go through. And like I said, we had some, some dark days of losing a lot of money and, and like wondering like, why, why do I keep doing this? Why is this important to me? And like drawing back to that source, like, oh yeah, 
I'm doing this to change lives. It's this is real. This is, this works. I just got to figure out how to make it a business. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and and fortunately, like like I said, I had a great mentor and and some <clears throat> some people that just kept me positive and kept me moving forward. That um, for some reason I didn't give up and uh, and and thank God. Yeah goes to show with the passion like when you said that uh, you know discover outdoors is your life i feel the same way about red yeti like everything everything i think about <laughs> is regards right? to, is is like related to red yeti somehow like my girlfriend's just like shut up stop <laughs> talking about it like i'm sick oh my of it like, and i'm like i'm sorry i can't turn it off like it's just I, like i'm excited <laughs> for what it can be and what it can do and how it can help people because like you're saying like you just you want to help people that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> and um, I love what you said earlier about the fact that businesses are supposed to be built to help people and solve a problem. But a lot of business or I guess big businesses have um, given starting a business and being in business sort of a bad name. Um, yeah. And I, I feel like the majority of businesses are still this way or out there to help and create a positive change um and hearing you say that is a it's a nice reminder and i feel like the listener will definitely appreciate that and i I think it's important to remember if you're someone who's looking to start a business because it's not ultimately about the money it's about the change and the positive impact that you're leaving um which i think is so important yeah you're absolutely right i i feel like Startups, especially, are very tuned in to the why and and how it helps people. But I think you're right that there's a life cycle in business. Um, you know, you think about the major corporations that have been around for decades, and they've kind of fallen into this this mode of turning a quarterly profit, and that's the most important thing. Um, yeah, it's easy to lose sight. Yeah. Um, I couldn't agree more. So what would you say is your biggest fear with Discover Outdoors and how do you manage it? Um, So risk management is top of mind every day. Um, Just transporting people to a trailhead is still more dangerous than than I want to accept. Um, You know, Things can happen. We could get into a traffic accident. We can we can have an accident on the on the climbing on the climbing trip, and um, so that is it's still 13 years later scares the hell out of me um, when I when I think about possibilities. Um, that fear certainly drives uh, training and it drives risk mitigation and and making sure that we're careful with everything that we do, but. It's inherent in what we do. It's just a, a high risk business when it comes to the actual operation. So yeah, that's that scares the bejesus out of me. Um, and yeah, I I think I'm still afraid to fail. I'm I'm, I'm still like there's still this this buzz underneath underneath me that's just like don't screw up like. This is this is Discover Outdoors. Like it's not one year old anymore. Like you can't just like kind of like close shop and 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 move on to something else. Like this is this is me. This is my life. This is you know if I like it or not. This is my identity. And uh, don't screw up. Don't fail at this. Um, so yeah, that that's 
that fear is there and on to be realistic, I don't think that'll ever go away and probably nor should it, right? Yeah. Um, as a business owner yourself, like I, I think that fear fuels our fire. It definitely does. It might might wake me up a few times at night, but it's worth it. <laughs> what would you say have been some of the biggest mistakes that you've made with Discover Outdoors? Uh, biggest mistakes? You know, um, this has been the greatest social experiment for me, like learning about people and relationships. And um, as a manager, I've hired some amazing people and I've hired some people that I thought were amazing that um, they were probably the wrong fit just because I was l- trying to see something in them that wasn't there. Um, I've learned a lot about uh, um, communication. Um, that, that's, you know, to be transparent, that's, that probably wasn't my, my biggest strength. Um, going into this business and you know communicating clearly with people and um, so I, I, I've had some screw ups there um, and you know we've had plenty of tri- trips flop but I think that's just part of our recipe of of trying a lot of different things until something works um, yeah I, I, like I said as a fellow business owner I, I think we we have to we have to be willing to make mistakes and hopefully small mistakes yeah. uh, and, and experiment as much as we can until we get something right. Yeah, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. It's, um, it's a humbling experience building a business. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Oh, oh my man. gosh. It's so humbling. And hindsight's always twenty twenty, where you look back and you're like, why the hell did I do that? What the <laughs> hell? Yeah, exactly. Like, what was I thinking? Uh, <laughs> but as long as you learn from it, that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Yeah. And, uh, and, and hopefully we take, we take the time to process that because, you know, we, we make so many decisions a day that, um, could be big, could be small, but they, they just, you tend to fly through things pretty quickly because we have to, to, to keep pace. You're so right. What, what advice would you give to someone that wanted to start a business in the outdoor industry or a travel company? Um, I would say if I were to look back and give myself advice, at least, um, you know, research is great, um, to a certain extent, to a certain extent, like, um, finding out what your role in this world is, and it doesn't have to be a unique idea for starting a business, um, but find out why it's important to you. What is your your reason for being? What is your reason for this business? And make sure that's a very personal reason. Um, if it's not personal, and if it's just about a great business idea that can turn a good profit, um, you know, we we've seen it in plenty of cases. Like chances are, it's not going to work. So find out what your reasons are. Find out what you're passionate about. Uh, and once you find the why. Um, I, w- I would accelerate pretty quickly through all the business planning part and, and, and all that and, and jump in, um, jump out, jump in with the experimenting. I mean, just because you're starting a business doesn't mean you have to have the website and everything perfect from day one. Like 
do all the small experiments as you can just to, to learn um, and hopefully avoid uh, some really big mistakes. But go for it. I, you know, this it's the same message that we, we tell our clients of like, you know, if they're unsure about themselves and their ability to climb a mountain, well, you don't know until you maybe climb a smaller mountain. But you gotta go. You gotta just. You gotta go. You gotta sign up for a trip or just go out and do it yourself. Um, and that's the part that I think holds most of us back. It held me back for a little, for a while. And um, so that's my advice: is find your passion and go for it. Uh, that's definitely that's great advice. So, what would you? Where where do you think Discover Outdoors is going in the next year, five years, and ten years? Great question. Um, so we are rapidly expanding our community, and um, we look at we look at it as challenging one person to transform their lives, you know, one person at a time. Um, but that's that is with our adult program, you know, encouraging people to try new sports, climbing, mountaineering. Um, but we're also really focused on our kids in the community. There are 1.1 million students in New York City, and um, vast, vast majority of them are not leaving the city. They're not leaving the borough. They're not leaving their neighborhood. And we're very focused on on changing that as well. Um, so our youth program and our foundation, our nonprofit side, is working really hard to get into schools, um, get after-school programs going, get these kids out on half-day trips, day trips. You know, ultimately, you know, they're out leading multi-day trips um, with us, and um, we feel like that's that's the biggest change and the biggest positive impact that we can make. So we're really focused on it. That's awesome. I mean, giving back to the community is such a, a good and important aspect of, of a business. And, um, I think you guys definitely do a great job of that. Um, so what would you say is the best part about running discover outdoors? Hmm. <laughs> um, uh, I haven't worked in over a decade. I, I know that's so cliche um, for people to say, but it, it's absolutely true. Like, um, I spend all day, every day doing exactly what I love doing, working with the people that I, I, I truly love. And um, I get to pick who they are, bring them on this team, nurture that relationship and their development, their growth. Um, so I work with who I love, doing what I love, um, and I get to do it all the time. And uh, um, it, it feeds my soul, uh, it feeds my passion, and um, I, I feel like I'm truly the, the happiest, most fulfilled person on earth. Um, so, yeah, I, I wish there was something specific, uh, I could tangible I can tell you, but um, it's why I do what I do. Without a doubt, and I can hear how passionate you are about it. So, who would you say is the perfect um, fit for a Discover Outdoor trip? A participant? Yes, yeah. Um, a if I, if yeah, if you were forcing me to nail it down to like one kind of profile of a person, it doesn't have to be one. It could be just you know who would benefit the most from going on a trip. You know, I. I, I think about the people who go on trips and, um, and I, I can't help but break it down between men and women. Um, women 
what we've seen is a a need to go out and show that they are badass they are capable they are as good if not better than men and you know what they can rock climb in fact they're really good at it and they're better than men at rock climbing and they can do these incredible endurance hikes and and runs and so they're going out and you're start i start to see like this community of women that are they're empowered and they bring that back home and they bring strength to their relationships. They bring confidence to their work. They bring creativity to their work. Um, and it's a much happier, stronger, more confident place to be. And that's awesome to see. Um, so uh, for women, um, you know, it's um, at any age, really. But I, I think women in their mid-20s through mid-40s are especially um, seeking something to prove to themselves that they are capable of more. And for the men, um, I and I speak speak from experience, but from also from witnessing other guys, you know, there's this, there's just this caveman yearning to reconnect with nature, to, to be hungry to be in pain to be to feel <laughs> the ice on your eyebrows like just to to like to really feel the raw amazingness that happens when you when you're on an outdoor trip and and knowing that you pushed yourself and knowing that you got to the top of the mountain not because you're good at it but because you willed yourself to the top and to reconnect with that that manhood is is just really powerful um and you see a lot of that in new york city you see these guys that are they're kicking ass on wall street but their hands are soft and and they they need something more um so we love seeing these guys come out on trips and then like you can see it in their faces um by the end of the day that there, there's a change oh yeah without a doubt so Kirk, I want to I want to thank you for taking the time to um, coming on the podcast and sharing your story. I think what you're doing with Discover Outdoors is really incredible and inspirational, and it's something that New York has definitely needed um, because, like you said, there's so many places to get out there, and being able to give that access is such an important thing, not just for our youth, but for anyone. So, for anyone that wanted to connect with you, where's the best place for them to uh, to do that and learn more about what's going on with uh, Discover Outdoors? Awesome. Well, Josh, I, I first of all, I just want to say thank you so much for the opportunity. It was an honor to be uh, on the show, and. Um, uh, yeah, if anybody wants to reach out to us, our website is discoveroutdoors.com. Um, you can send us an email, info at discoveroutdoors.com. We're also very connected uh, on Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you, know, you can find us from so many angles. But uh, um, definitely would love to see um, people from your community come out uh, on trips and get to know them and, and see what they can do. Yeah, without a doubt. Well, Kirk, uh, thank you so much. It was a blast. Awesome, Josh. Thank you so much. If you enjoyed today's podcast episode, then we would be incredibly appreciative if you could log on to iTunes and leave us a quick review. This really helps us get noticed by other podcast listeners like yourself. And if you know anyone that would benefit from this episode, then please share it along. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Ready Podcast. We'll catch you guys next week.